0: We are here in the 11 FS offices in London for episode 96 of Blockchain Insider, the weekly show dedicated to the news of where blockchain and cryptography meet the changing world of finance, tech, and consumer products. Today, we bring you Project Libra, regulators ready Ethereum future approval, and Bitfinex and Tether continued. All this and more on today's Blockchain Insider. I'm your host, Colin G. Platt, in for Simon Taylor because he's lost someplace probably in Guantanamo Bay, I'm told, or possibly in Dubai, I don't know. Um, But I am not alone, very fortunately, because otherwise I'd get into trouble. But getting into trouble here, speaking of which, I am joined by Sarah Feenan.
1: Hello, Colin. Good to be here. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? haven't seen you since Seoul when you became the richest man on the planet.
0: I am still the richest man on the planet. Congrats. We are, of course, not alone. Uh, To help us with blockchain insider trouble, I am joined here, we are joined here, by Iman Kohli, CTO of Banking and Cap Markets, UKI at BXC Technology. Can we fit any more acronyms in there?
2: You could, but it's DXC. Okay, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, just so many
2: letters. Well, it's so many letters, so many acronyms, and I left some out. So, What are the rest? Ugh.
1: BSC. You don't want to know. There's,
2: there's an M and an E and an A and another I in there, so we, 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 there's a lot in there. But really what it means is it's a new job, helping out in banking and capital markets and doing fun things with customers.
0: Well, that's a big change from what I like to do. <laughs> but of course, there's joined by more people who have less acronyms in their titles. Isabel Woodford, reporter at The Block.
3: Hello, Colin.
0: Thank you very much for coming along.
3: Thank you. I was literally working up the road, so... This is perfect.
0: You know, we try to. Somebody we may come slightly further is Mr. Rick Crook, director at Lab 577.
4: Uh, thank you, Colin. Welcome back to the uh, show.
0: I- I'm glad that we could get you here on time, even though you had to ditch me on the way here.
4: Uh, I feel good about that.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get on with the news. From our friends at TheBlockCrypto.com, thank you very much.
3: This is very surreal. This Disgusting is very surreal. of my own article. We we tried. Project Libra, Facebook
0: to launch a stablecoin-based payments network. Ooh, Facebook coin. Mm. All right, guys, I can read this whole thing or we can just jump straight into it. We're all here for Facebook coin. That's why we got into crypto, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting for it since 2011, actually.
0: 2008 for me. (laughs) So what's going on here? What's the news? Why is Facebook, long rumored to be launching a stablecoin for some odd reason, deciding not to use the Mikkelvoss' bags?
3: the wickle bags as in I, money as in yeah, bitcoin stable coin oh okay yeah sorry i was <laughs> just like gemini launched i thought you meant because
0: mean, they have their fundraising. why can't we so, just use
4: sure. gemini usd anybody uh, anyone can create money supply uh it's the difficulty is getting people to use it i think is how the well, quote goes actually if you look at this uh bitcoin your friend ripple um they're a first generation network they started with the cryptocurrency and are now trying to make it established and used and they're struggling. If you look at Facebook, they started in 2004, created a network of people and now they're actually putting money on it. Um, That's probably the right way around because I'm pretty much sure I'm going to bet on Facebook being successful in getting their users to use their coin as opposed to Bitcoin trying to persuade us to use it to buy stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean in terms of a traditional product market fit, you would normally start with a large market and um, fit the product to that rather than starting with a
2: yeah and, I th- Cryptocurrency. Th- yeah, and I think part of kind of the overall market fit of this as well is Facebook is doing a big push into small and medium businesses. So creating a payments network for that is going to be quite advantageous for them. So on one level, leaving aside the stablecoin part, this could be just as important as a closed loop payment system with some on and off uh, points with uh, kind of broader uh, payments rails like Visa and MasterCard as mentioned. But okay, I'm going to be really stupid here. What would I
0: do concretely on Facebook with Facebook coin that I cannot do today?
1: Well, I think it's, uh, to my knowledge, it's more of a cross-border payments play. So isn't the stable coin a basket of currencies? So it's not just linked to USD or GBP or euros or potentially different networks of of all. The stable coin is a basket of currencies. So in theory, that could ease the friction of cross-border payments.
3: Yeah, we don't we don't talk a huge amount about the potential benefits of uh, reducing FX fees when we talk about stablecoin, um, you know, cross-border transfers. And something that we've been hearing is that the collateral basket will be made up of multiple currencies. Um, so you will be able to buy directly in USD or in euros or in pounds or in Japanese yen. And and maybe for Facebook that there is a real appeal there and and trying to
4: break down those border barriers if you like
0: so it's something of like an sdr like special drawing
3: rights but yeah
4: potentially well, it's close to that i mean you look at what facebook's actually doing is they're facing off against wechat uh wechat has ironically just uh, banned crypto from being exchanged inside wechat and, and that's obviously dominated wechat's um use uh, over in over in china um But the most important thing for Facebook is they don't want their users, they don't want their client base dropping out of Facebook to make a payment because at that point they're captured by another user experience. So this is about keeping their users in the network. And one of the things you can't do in Facebook right now is transfer value or money. So this is just a straightforward creation of an exchange token, an exchange coin, a money supply that allows your user base to move money. It's no different to V-Bucks inside fortnite it's just an exchange of value inside your user experience. You don't want the customer to leave the experience.
3: Yeah. And, and just to add to that, I mean, Facebook are aware that Um, People are moving away from their platform and, you know, social media detoxes or even the younger generation now, you know, moving away, um, be it Twitter or elsewhere. I think just to build on that, that this could be potentially the Venmo of the UK and other places. It's still very difficult to send money to friends. Uh, And, you know, this could if this is an easy uh, user friendly solution for payments. I mean, could Facebook be the new metro bank or otherwise when it comes
4: to Certainly pair better to than pair. Monzo. Yeah. Well, if
1: <laughs> I
0: love Monzo. Well,
4: yeah. If you, if you if you look at this as a this is a fast moving incumbent. This is one of the gaffers. It took them how long to get to this position where they're now comfortable moving payments? Actually, the only people that are going to follow this uh, are the banks uh, as they start to recognise that this takes away their customers out of their banks and their apps. It's an attack on Monzo as much as it is against the the high street four. Actually, Facebook is going to. When you see the words partnering with MasterCard and Visa, what you're actually saying is targeting MasterCard and Visa, and that is uh, unfortunate for the incumbents. This is a fast-moving incumbent. The rest of them have got to follow, and that's what you'll see. is Many others, fast-moving or slow-moving, depending on how slow they are or incumbent they are, to to move, to come into this space. So I wonder
1: if there's another angle to this as well. I mean, Facebook has obviously um, come across some negative news recently in terms of uh, advertising, allegations of election swinging. Be careful what wording I use there. Um, and, and part of this article says that it's um, potentially ta- targeting the Facebook core ads engine. So it ties in with what you said about the SMEs and um, keeping value transfer within this. But I, I wonder whether there's an angle about um, click farms, the bots that click on ads uh, that take... that. Sort of basically overcharging uh, those that actually go onto these platforms and create adverts, whether you can actually go straight through, see the ad, click the ad, pay for the thing, and it actually gives a a bit of um, protection for the merchant as well, that the the advertising that they're paying for is slightly more authentic and that uh,
0: conversion to a sale. So what I hear you saying is it's going to be denominated in Russian rubles.
1: <laughs> that is, of course, between the lines exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> the most, the <laughs> You're most, most, stable,
0: most stable always. <laughs> well, I mean, at it's least the petro. most useful for the relevant advertisers, it is right?
1: Denominated in petro, I heard, but that's just a rumor at the moment. So that's well, a scoop for you as well. <laughs> okay. I, I,
2: I, I think the thing about supporting their ad network initially is it's a good way to support really small value transactions because ads are paid back in whatever of our hundreds or thousands of cents, right? So the, the last three or four, basically basis points, right? Um, and this will allow uh, a relatively low cost way to have a platform for that. I think a secondary use case will be through SME. So when you order your pizza or something, right? Or change your tire, whatever, whatever the small business is doing for you, you can just pay through WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever else Facebook buys tomorrow. Um, and I think that'll be interesting to see how much happens. The First Data angle is particularly interesting because First Data has spent the last couple of years opening up its acquiring terminals. So in the US, you can, for example, pay through uh, Latin American wallets. You can, you know, Alipay is supported through it. So it supports a lot of non-MasterCard Visa, Amex, Discovery Rails as well.
4: i say a great point, which is actually... Facebook's been in the news for all the wrong reasons, um, and in actual fact, Telegram, WeChat have been able to expand and carry on growing while Facebook has been dealing with privacy issues. And in actual fact, now they are focusing on the actual strategy, which is a little bit of a catch-up with Telegram and WeChat, where they've had those types of payment capability in them for a while.
3: Just to not to rain on Facebook's parade, but to kind of add a little bit of a counter. Um, one of the benefits of being a journalist is you do talk to lots of people. And one of the people that we spoke to is um, a source who's close to the creation of the Facebook coin. Um, they're a little bit more sceptical. And they say that he's he or she is not sure if there is a strong enough use case Um you know, uh, when, when, when we look at the real strategy rollout of this, and they said that Facebook had been hung up on, quote, the last mile problem. Uh, they aren't sure if they can do this cost efficiently yet. Um, and they don't want this to just be a mobile digital money. So a lot of this is speculation. And perhaps we are even exaggerating and giving Facebook too much credit for what we would like them to be doing with their stablecoin, coin, uh, but not necessarily what's happening on the inside. So that's a little bit of an inside Inside Take that we haven't reported yet. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, they've, they've had some experience. They've supported Square Cash and Facebook Messenger for a while. But tellingly, they've had a payments license for, what, four years now? Maybe five years in the EU? And they've done very, very little with it. So it's just from that perspective, it'll be interesting to see if they can develop the last miles problem, get people onto the network. Because closed-loop systems like this are notoriously hard to get momentum on. Interesting. And with that... Facebook aren't the
0: only ones talking about launching their own token. Six, the Swiss stock exchange has announced it may, may issue its own token. Uh, this one was a bit of an interesting article. Uh, Six has planned a digital exchange. We all know about this. The initial digital offering IDO, for some reason, we need more of these acronyms. It's not just DXC. Uh, will launch a service in 2020, uh, for their Swiss digital exchange, the SDX. Here we go. Uh, By tokenizing traditional securities such as equities, fixed income, and funds, provided the regulatory setup is in place. Uh, Thomas Eve, who's the head over there at uh, the Securities and Exchanges, said, maybe a token will eventually replace
2: the share one day. Does anybody know what this means? To me, uh, sorry, to me, it just (laughs) sounded like they just wanted to give a very fancy hash around what is a security because they start talking about warrants, and warrants aren't that interesting. It's just basically really fancy, when something happens, give us money back. Um, It's called an option. No, it's it's even more important than an option, right? (laughs) It puts you very high up in the debtor, Uh in the list of debtors, right? So all the kind of examples they use, they're not really interesting from a digital money perspective. They're like, you show us this thing, we'll give you this thing back. It's not like, let's do an execution and, you know, when you reach this threshold of liquidity, give us this back. So it's, yeah, it's a bit strange.
1: As Colin, to your question, does anyone know what this means? Is this continuation of your incessant, what is a token line of questioning that you go down? I do have a lot
0: of incessant things, but why would (laughs) six need a token?
3: The Australian um, exchange are looking to transfer onto blockchain. I don't know if that has any direct relevance. Um, Maybe it's just a, a publicity thing. Uh, or maybe it's just experimenting. I mean, these things do take time and it could just be very much an experiment.
4: It could yeah. be a bandwagon. I mean, the rest of the exchanges have all got their own token, so... I have uh, my own token. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're not running an exchange. It's, it's a, it's a token. Token. great token, as far as you know. SDX might just be the I think the answer actually, I don't think it's bandwagon. I think actually... If you look under the covers, um, what they're building is a platform um, where they started with the regulator, recognized that they needed to to change some of the regulations, and they've been doing that over in Switzerland to make it work so that you're not getting centralized custodianship um, with distributed technology. That doesn't kind of work. Um, And then you've got actually... They've then picked something like Corda, which gives them a finance-grade ledger and removes all the sort of anonymousness out of the out of the system. They've, they've gone from that start, and they've worked through to actually, we've now got a platform with which we were going to do equities, but now we can do pretty much anything. And funny enough, <laughs> I imagine the, the journalist did a fantastic job of leading them towards why not create your own exchange token, and here we are. SDX is creating an exchange token, but it, at the end of the day, they've got a platform. They're going to be creating tokens. They've got a nice roadmap. They're now trying to work out what tokens they want to create.
3: I have Same. to say also that the headline does have a huge hedge, which is may issue, <laughs> which in general speakers has not confirmed and was nowhere near confirming. But this could be a headline. <laughs> this is the
1: story we want, and read on for the story we got. So this is to my to, to, on that point. This is I found this a little bit hard to unpick this story because. Um, are they is the is the story that they're launching their inig- initial digital offering which is a six token or is the story that they're getting close to their platform to go into production to tokenize I'm using air quotes existing securities, on some kind of blockchain or distributed ledger technology, Um, are they going to list on Binance is really what I'm getting at. Win
0: Binance, naturally. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you look at it, say in 2020, we're going to have an IDO, or their initial digital offering, and it's going to take them a whole year before they actually, in the roadmap, have anything useful. So it sounds very much like an ICO. I mean, <laughs> well,
2: we're going to sell you. this thing. They're going to launch it today.
3: I mean, surely. J, JP Coin or J, JPM Coin. Sorry, didn't have to do an ICO. It was, it was called a token, and it is well, whatever. Favorite is like the biggest bank in the world. To, they they money? have a
1: license to print their own money. True. <laughs> so, I mean, they might get <laughs> the original ICO.
0: <laughs> US dollar, the original an ICO, an IBO,
3: an initial bank offering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know,
0: we already have IEOs. <laughs> exactly. Might as well Just work our way banks. through the alphabet. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's true. Start somewhere near the beginning and work back.
0: Or right in the middle with a P and then work our way on either side. I'm going in for the first IAO.
1: But does anyone know the answer to the question? This IDO, is this a fundraising thing for six platform? Is this some kind of crowdfunding on a blockchain or is it... Um, just words that are in inverted commas um, that actually is to do with the platform which will be tokenizing already what we consider to be legitimate securities
2: I, I took it similar to it, City announced something like this a year or so ago about setting up a custodianship around uh, crypto assets and I take this as a spin on that which is whatever the underlying equity uh, or debt or, or instrument is there will be a quote-unquote digital representation of it and i use all of that reservedly and with much hesitation because many of these things are backed up by very thick legal documents and i strongly doubt that the conditions around a a warrant are going to be sufficiently met by uh something on a shared uh, register but I, i don't know what what the swiss authorities have allowed in terms of changing the regulation around that so it just seems to be a tokenized or a a representation of a, another thing somewhere else
1: yeah anyway we wait for more information on that one but they, they did actually say in this that they're not going to be um trading cryptocurrencies or they won't be offering trading services in cryptocurrencies um, but they have
0: previously announced that they will be trading fine art on their exchange for some odd reason but it is switzerland so i guess we probably
4: but again this this underlines the, the point that they're making which is they've got a tokenization platform they are tokenizing what they're tokenizing they're not overly concerned about it yet. They could be doing art at one end. Clearly uh, ruled out. that They the, could
0: be doing their own shitcoin. They
4: could be they could well, be running they, it. They could be running out uh, Ripple and uh, and Bitcoin, but they've decided actually those aren't what they want to be doing. There's why would they ever do Ripple though? Well, uh, there's a good reason why they wouldn't. Well,
1: that's probably why they're doing their IDO because you need a bridging token, of course, to transfer something into something else. So their IDO, rather than XRP, will be six coin.
0: Or Caveat,
4: all that was a joke. Ha, ha,
0: ha. An initial franc offering. Oh.
4: But it does look like, a, you know, if you tie it back to the, the other story, it could quite conceivably be seen as something similar to what Facebook are doing. Uh, it's either to provide a coin for internal use within the exchange to do fees and loyalty, just as you were talking about the ad engine. Uh, it could actually just be, as you said, an intermediary coin that they're using as as the way to hold the collateral.
0: I think just as a consultant here, we really need some synergies. Facebook coin in SDX, natural fit, right? Yeah. Done. All uh, right. Would you at
1: PTK Foundation do the legal analysis for them? Uh
0: they will all be listed and backed by PTK, of course. Excellent, of
1: course. Denominated. Everything will soon be denominated. It is in PTK. the un-
0: unit of account uh virtually and uh, figuratively around the world. Moving right along, our friends at Bloomberg.com have announced that Fidelity will offer cryptocurrency trading within a few weeks to their institutional partners. Yay, the institutionals are coming. Are they? No, probably not. But anyway, they're only targeting institutional customers, not retail investors, which means all of us are out except for the guy with quadrillions of dollars. According to a survey, which questioned 441 institutional investors from November to February, I guess that's 2018 to 2019, hopefully, 72% prefer to buy investment products that hold digital assets, while 57 chose to buy them directly. I have no idea how that works, but okay. All right. Here are some things they said. We will currently have a select set of clients we are supporting on our platform, dealing with digital assets, cryptocurrencies, apparently. We'll continue to roll out our services in the coming weeks and months, weeks and months, very quickly, on well, all of our clients' needs, jurisdiction, and other factors, which means I guess they won't be doing it in America. Um, but currently our service is offering focused around Bitcoin yay our bitcoin bags all right what's this all mean
1: it's, it's there's some interesting data in there i think to your point on um how does the how do you get 57 percent from 72 percent uh <laughs> i guess <laughs> 57%, i'm not a mathematician uh, of been the 72 percent said they'd rather uh, they'd rather hold them directly i don't know i was just sort of stuck on not your keys not your bitcoin kind of thing but um but anyway, institutional money coming in, or more institutional money, more institutions offering services to institutional investors to buy cryptocurrencies, good or bad?
2: It's, it's confusing because I think the last time I was here, we spoke about, I think it was Goldman was opening up a uh, trading desk. JP Morgan has one. Um, you know, who are institutional clients? Basically, big pension funds. So are they just going to suck up all these coins and put them into a virtual vault? Are they going to start? God knows.
1: Well, are they going to put them in pension funds? It's
3: another more pertinent question. I think the main thing to point out here is that this wasn't necessarily news, Um, not to throw cold water on our friends at Bloomberg, but we knew that this was coming. Uh, The news here, if you like, is that they have got the snippet that this is within a few weeks, um, so I guess that's the first caveat. The second thing is when Fidelity started their custody business, they started with about five clients. Uh, so this may well follow suit, maybe 10 clients uh, if they want to outdo their initial uh, custody business. Uh, and obviously it's just Bitcoin. Uh, so despite that, this getting a huge amount of traffic yesterday, it's probably worth just keeping in In proportion uh, relative to what we know of what's come before.
0: But let's expand on that a bit. I mean, Mm. if if we are very open about like cryptocurrencies potentially fitting in institutions, whether it's a pension fund or uh, an asset manager of some sort, we're talking about quite large sums of money, right? Are there any other markets potentially that have that depth of liquidity outside of Bitcoin and arguably it doesn't even have it? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't use the word depth. Okay. Uh,
1: relative to cryptocurrency trading, you mean?
0: Well, I mean, if you if you're going to deploy like
1: Bitcoin Cash,
4: of course.
0: Well, naturally, or SV. BSV, um, PTK, obviously. <laughs> um, There's
4: a massive order book on that one.
0: Massive order book. I own both sides of all of it. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Hey,
2: you're you're ready to be a professional trader. Uh, How do you know I'm not?
4: (laughs) Um, Fidelity come into this um, to hold Bitcoin and do the custodian. It's the obvious next market or next product in the set to then allow you to exchange it for something else. Uh, It's pretty useless if all you're going to do is hold the Bitcoin. All your clients are like, we want to do more so i can see why fidelity i've just moved straight on you absolutely right we knew that they were going to start doing trading and now they are uh, as they say in a few weeks it's worth recognizing here that you're looking at uh, fidelity who you know a good brand uh, and are putting that brand on the wire to push through some of the cold water that's been poured on the cryptocurrencies all of the AML and all of the fat fund stuff that came through earlier this year has made crypto a bit of a dirty word in the financial services industry. And a lot of a lot of banks are, are, are very anti this or, or avoiding it, certainly sitting on the fence and waiting to see what happens. Fidelity are pushing through that and have now got to a position where they're not only going to do custody, but they're going to do custody. They're also going to do exchange. Now, we separated, we worked hard to separate Bitcoin from blockchain back in 2015, so we could have a conversation about blockchain. And that was so that we could go and use the new technology to do cost efficiency, the bottom line, improve the bottom line in the financial services industry. And we got on that journey, and we're we're working through that. It's going to take a long time. Doesn't matter. As long as it gets the bottom line down, we're okay with that. What changed last year was we switched to actually top line to validity recognize that they could actually improve their top line, not just their bottom line, with this new technology. And that's where they've then gone back in to say, actually, we could do custodian for Bitcoin. That will take us into trading. And do you know what? We've had 10 years of experimenting with Bitcoin. Start there because, do you know what? They've already proved out some of the the problems. SDX is going to go through a long um, process of working out how to create digital assets, exchange digital assets, They'll learn from uh, Bitcoin, but actually what Fidelity have done is just say, why not just start with Bitcoin? Good start.
1: Yeah, they've actually had, um, they've they've kept a kind of steady cadence about releasing uh, information about their progress with experimenting with cryptocurrency and then moving on to custody services and now trading weeks and months. So I would point out that as a mathematician, weeks means more than one, up to infinity, of course. So we don't actually know really what the timeline is of when they're going to release this. Clearly um, fun. Clearly fun. It's
0: all coming within the next three weeks, right? <laughs> this
1: is this is all. Well, in the hills we don't know, of- but I just kind of want to go back to this is institutional money, and if we have something like uh, an institution like Fidelity, whose clients are pension funds, whether or not they're trading Bitcoin or just hodling them in their vaults. Um, Is that the kind of um, profile for an investment product, should we call it, or digital asset? Is is the kind of volatility something that you want in a pension fund?
4: I don't see it like that. I see it as you don't think of it like, institutional they're putting bitcoin into pensions i know that's how where you're going with it i see it as banking bitcoin you're actually starting to see some of the brand names some of the regulated entities putting a foot into the crypto space and starting to bank bitcoin and it's so always it's more been, about the custody and it's always been about if you bank bitcoin you make it uh, legitimate you make it a king yeah yeah and, of course and, you uh, make a bank and if they bank if they make if they bank XRP or Ripple, you will make that a king too. And that's always been the case, which is do you want to avoid it or do you want to bank it?
0: Well, clearly nobody's banking XRP nowadays. But I do have a question around this. Do we think that this is going to extend beyond Fidelity, or is Fidelity kind of like a one-off?
4: We're already seeing it. LMAX is in. All right. So there's another brand, big brand they're betting on, and they've already gone live with trading. These are these are institution exchanges recognizing that actually at some point, you can't avoid it, you have to bank it. And that's why you're seeing them put a foot in, you're having to work your way through a hell of a lot of compliance risk to put that foot like LMAX, or Fidelity to put that foot on the ground in the crypto space. So I'm very impressed with those vanguarding through. It's extremely hard to get through your compliance officers right now.
0: That was a hint. Yeah,
1: <laughs> is that a but, but scoop it, for later but, on. But it
4: makes you recognize it. All the other banks will be doing the same because they're looking over their shoulders at Fidelity and they're looking at LMAX and actually others are coming.
1: Yeah. So in terms of uh, institutional play, this could be a bit more of a traditional strategy uh, strategy move. Looking at the what's so-called the transfer of wealth over generations, which uh, asset managers have been talking about for a while now, um, it's just surely a pure play to appeal to new markets, right? The nouveau riche, the crypto riche, there's people with millions, quadrillions, aren't there, Colin, Or, there or does this, need to
3: be banked. Does this speak to the grayscale investments? Uh, did you see the marketing campaign? Hashtag oh. drop gold. Um, loved loved that advert. They spent a lot of money on it. Of course Just they saying. did. <laughs> um, as Bitcoin, you can isn't? see. But maybe this is, this is what they're trying to encourage, which is let's be a little bit more modern about what we see as a store in value or store of value uh and this this potentially is pension funds and the like saying well we do you know make gold our hedge how about we use something even experimental uh, use bitcoin instead
2: yeah i i think looking at the amount of flows that even institutions are putting through bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies it's still very much small change mm-hmm. um but to I think to Richard's point and kind of some of the other points here as well, it really is about getting the institutional side of it comfortable with dealing with these things. But what's interesting is they're still dealing with with these things as they're dealing with traditional assets, right? So, I mean, they're they're not trading Bitcoin on Bitcoin, right? I would They're not, they're PTK, not a, PTK,
1: I presume.
2: Yeah. So what you're doing is you're buying Bitcoin and putting it into a big vault over here, right? Okay. You're not using any of the mechanisms within Bitcoin to set any of the conditions for selling or transfer. You're just pretty much saying, I'm just transferring value from Colin to Fidelity and then from Fidelity to the next buyer. You're not saying, you know, uh, if Colin, if PTK drops to this index value... PTK can't drop. If PTK (laughs) rises to this index value, sell sell, sell. Everything. One percent of my Bitcoin to Sarah for this amount, right? You can you can express that within the Bitcoin machine logic. They're not they're not doing things like that. They're they're just using it as a thing. It might as well just be oil. It might as well just be a, 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 a bucket of coins, right? Well, let's be honest.
0: The only thing any of these cryptocurrencies are good for is speculating on price, right?
2: Well, I don't know what's good at speculating. They they you can <laughs> speculate. I don't know if if good is the right adjective. <laughs> that's, a,
4: that's a very good point. It's just a condition of the market. I mean, back to Isabel's point point the banks are acting and have always acted like sheep none of them want to be first none of them want to be last and they will continue to move towards newer and greener grass if one of their one of their um One of the flock gets away and starts to find newer grass and the regulator does not pull them back into the flock then in actual fact they're in Uh, and they're starting to see financial institutions taking licenses or institutions in the crypto space taking uh, licenses and that means that from a bank's perspective they can see crypto creeping up on them and they don't want to get caught the wrong side of that crypto curve Uh, and therefore they are endlessly going to continue to keep a watching brief on this and they're going to continue to watch what others are doing, but slowly the flock is moving towards that crypto field.
0: I, I'm still working out your analogy. Is crypto the grass, or is it the wolf chasing them?
1: Oh, I really like the analogy. <laughs> I want to hear more.
4: The <laughs> banks act as a flock.
1: We need to push it till it breaks down, as most analogies. you, do, certainly, can? you
0: certainly can you
2: Well, I'm, I was curious. Who's doing the shearing? Uh, <laughs> clearly, that's you. <laughs> I, I stay away from sheep, so <laughs> I'm not
0: going to. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. So now we're on to a quick chill here. This episode is brought to you by R3. Developed by R3, Corda is light years ahead of all other blockchain platforms in terms of privacy, security, scalability, and interoperability, especially ahead of Ethereum. And because Corda was built to meet stringent requirements for the highly regulated industries, in particular financial services, it can be used by firms of any type or size in any industry. And much better than Ethereum. With Corda, every business in every industry can leverage the power of blockchain. A free trial of Corda Enterprise is now available at r3.com. Head over and check it out because it's a free trial. Head over and check it out right now. It's free, right? number can only go up. Yeah. Already on with the show. The CFTC is willing to let Ether Futures contracts go to market after soliciting market feedback last year. Uh, I think we can get comfortable with the idea of an Ether derivative being under our jurisdiction. Okay. The other thing they said is we don't do bold predictions much unlike this show. What we do <laughs> is we look at applications before us. Okay. So what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs>
2: just,
3: I'm, I have to say, I'm a bit skeptical about this story. Um,
0: uh,
2: not because they uh, are a our good skeptical friends. About a coin
3: desk. <laughs> um, Frank Shapiro, my colleague and I were discussing this when it came out. Um, it seems like one of those, again, questions that a journalist will pose or uh, put to regulator and they'll never say no and they'll never say yes and this is the in-between answer um what they say in the in the piece is that if they tick the boxes the applicants tick the boxes then in theory yes an ether uh, future would be approved and that tick the boxes clause is huge i mean what it's goes caveat. it's a huge caveat i mean we, we just did a piece today on what what going through one of these processes looks like um, with the CFTC head leaving from any time now until next year. Um, It's a constant back and forth with applicants. I mean, this is not a quick Ethereum future is coming this month, next month, anytime soon. This is, it's not a no, it could happen in theory.
0: Okay, but let's back up. Bitcoin futures that got launched in 2017 went through what they call a self-certification process, meaning the exchanges just said, fuck it, we're doing this, right? Like, we don't care what you think.
3: Mm, I have a feeling 2017 feels like a long time <laughs> ago for regulators.
0: Well, maybe, maybe not. Like, financial markets don't necessarily move at the same speed that the cryptocurrency markets like to move at. So, so For them, it's yesterday. But well, the, the, the the part in here that kind of stuck out to me was the jurisdiction. So are they implicitly saying, or at least this guy, this man or woman is saying, um, that they think Ether is... Under the CFTC or the Commodity Futures Trading Commission's authority, rather than under the SEC, the Securities Exchange. They, they Commission. work
3: together. I mean, the CFTC and the SEC work together on almost every application, anyway. Um, so, yes, sure that they, they probably do see uh, themselves having some input on this. Yes.
4: Well, this is this is just the U.S. regulator, which recognizably is, is one of the largest markets. But you look at uh, earlier. Early in the year, uh, Kraken purchased crypto facilities, has now um, integrated them in. That's a UK regulated futures uh, license. And they are now trading Ether futures on that Kraken exchange. Per- which yeah, they're
3: perpetual a- futures, I think. So slightly different.
4: Certainly, certainly d- different. But in t- terms of what CFTC is now looking at is actually, if we don't regulate it, Others will, and that market will drift away. So it's no surprise that the regulator is switched on, knows what they're talking about. And they're being pressed here, as you rightly point out as well, they're being pressed here to make a comment about when we'll get futures. And there's obviously um, nuance to their answer, as you'd expect. The fact that they know uh, and are able to make that statement tells you that they're up to speed. They've probably got a long checklist, one of which is, is it ours to regulate is ether actually a derivative or just an exchange token they don't know yet they've still got to go through that process and that's what they're waiting on as you rightly point out we don't know whether it's the sec that should recognize it or CFTC.
1: yeah it is it's quite interesting because i mean obviously not to reiterate your points about sort of slightly dubious certainty in the headline in comparison to the content of the article but um CFTC does regulate the Bitcoin futures. There's no reason to think that the CFTC themselves wouldn't think that they have jurisdiction over Ether futures were they to be brought an application that was, in the words of this article, Well, beforehand. they brought an XRP
0: one that would clearly go to the SEC. So, like, they're saying it might not be a security.
1: Well, yeah, uh, well I presume they're saying the e- it's, it's a the commodity, ether. the futures of this is a commodity. Or effects commodity. or interest rates or other things that they can yeah. regulate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, I mean, again, it's, it's, I'm kind of interested in uh, the the, the quote that you mentioned there, Colin, which is that we don't do bold pronouncements. What we do is look at applications before us. So, do we know
3: which application this is? Do we have any? Should be the CBOE. CBOE said in 2018 that they were close to launching ether futures. So that probably means that they were the
0: ones that delisted the the
3: Bitcoin futures. Yes, they were. That might mean that uh, someone like that is, so might has s- put in
1: an application. CME yeah. as well that's still running the Bitcoin futures actually wants to it's expand that inter- said futures. they wanted
3: to as well. Um, Paxos is partner in crime.
4: But this, might, this, this article mirrors the other side. So the previous article was talking about um, how the re- uh, regulated and uh, brand name institutions are putting one foot into the crypto side. You're now looking at crypto institutions that have largely been unregulated for the last decade, are now trying to put their foot into the regulated side. And they're realizing it's a long and slow process to get a license. No one doubts that. But this kind of always reminds me of that lovely animal farm quote that we always use, which is that the creatures outside look from pig to man, man to pig. And, and it was impossible to see which was which. Over time, this is going to converge. The reason we're having a conversation here with these types of articles is we're seeing the crypto landscape. Accelerating fast into the existing financial institution. And the financial institution, which is slow because it's regulated, is moving at a steady glacial speed towards crypto land. They are going to converge over time. No okay, well,
0: hold on back up. So the banks were sheep. Now they're either a man or a pig.
4: You, you didn't like the first analogy. I give <laughs> you another one. if
1: banks are a sheep, then I guess the exchanges are the pigs. No. And the man is just some honest crypto. Must investor. be the CTC. I think
4: it depends which side you see it. If you're on the crypto side, the banks are the pigs. If you're on the bank side, the cryptos are the pigs. <laughs> it's it doesn't matter of which you just one just
3: from one to the other and then and I can like sweep
4: between the the analogies where the you know the regulators are clearly the sheepdogs. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do have to say, actually, um, to your point, I did uh, history at undergrad, so I'm always nervous of kind of an air of inevitability that, like, this is this is the next thing. It's obvious that this would be the next thing, and, you know, eventually everything will converge. Um, what I mean by that is we're probably still a long way off if this happens, not when. Um, you know, we talk about ETFs um, and the like, and uh, regulators tell us, uh, that we're a long, long way off. Those, for example, again, if not when, is probably the caveat here.
4: So I, I think to my point about pig to man and man to pig it is, if we stop using different terms, we'd be a lot easier to, to recognise it. The one thing the regulator struggles with is every time they make a pronouncement uh, around a certain terminology uh, and they try and bring something into the regulation or outside the regulation, the crypto world comes up with a new term for something old. And they're off again in another cycle of, oh, you've created something new. Uh, we, this week, we've heard about an initial initial uh, digital, digital offering, digital and D. the regulators sort of scratch their heads and go, no, that's still an equity. Good. Well done. Excellent. We now understand that. They, every, time they have to, every time we come up with a new name, the regulators has to go through the same cycle of, would you just fill in the forms as we've always had them?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't regulate the technology with the exception of open banking.
0: Look, Honey Badger don't care. I mean come on, just make
2: up your own terms as much as you want. Well <laughs> I, I think the big thing here, right, aside from the terms and the forks you put and by the
0: liaison. <laughs> no <one's> on <laughs> I was gonna go, honey badger don't care. Speaking of which, New York A G <laughs> Go for it. I
4: don't know, you go.
2: No. No, please, i are gonna say something. Yeah, no, no, all, all I was gonna say is exchanges are continually looking for new ways and new markets to create. And in the last few years, just the kind of volume going through exchanges and all of that is changing. So they're looking for new things to do. And Ethereum is really good for providing forks, to use the back to this big analogy.
1: Speaking of uh, money going through exchanges. Speaking of fine. looking
0: for new things to do. <laughs> new York AG's office alleges substantial evidence of fraudulent conduct at Bitfinex and Tether. The New York office of the AG has cited the so-called Martin Act in opposition, which gives the OAG, the power to conduct investigations of suspected fraud in connection with the purchase, sale, or exchange of securities and commodities. They've also looked at a broad range of business practices and communication between Bitfinex and Tether, focusing on timing of Tether issuance, relationship between the two firms, and how they communicated the backing of Tethers to investors. Oh, this is a big one. This one's fun. I think uh, we have several different viewpoints around the table. Can we back up? What is Bitfinex? What is Tether? How long has it been going on? What's going on here? What, what gets
2: me is the sheer amounts that they're talking about have been kind of defrauded or potentially a mess from people, right? Can we go
0: back to the story? What has the New York AG alleged? Because, granted, none of this is confirmed. This is alleged.
2: Alleged. Yeah. Important. I, I guess the main thing they've alleged is that they didn't disclose the amount of money that's been lost. Okay, through so, the so Bitfinex,
1: stuff. the exchange, Tether, the stablecoin, USDT, uh, owned by the same parent company. Uh, the Alex alle- uh, Sorry?
0: iPhone
1: X. iPhone X. The allegation is that Bitfinex have been having problems with uh, an infrastructure provider of theirs and have covered it up and have been uh, transferring money in between the two legal entities um, which is effectively fraud. I guess it's the very thirty thousand level view of we know who Bitfinex are. We know what Tether it is Come on, unless you're new to the show, like um, some people children, might But
4: <laughs> <laughs> if you look at it more um, broadly, what's what's the, uh, I'm not overly concerned about the OAG. Actually, they um, they've got a strategy. Um, They're obviously interested in uh, unwinding the story and and, and continuing through it. Um, Be good to see Colin what your thoughts are on on the strategy. But broadly, you're you're looking at Tether, which is a effectively a uh, a deposit-taking bank, taken, and then they've issued their own commercial deposits on the back of it—a promissory note. Tether, and then you've got a markets business, uh, casino banking. I think is is how the uh, the the press usually call it—a trading business, an exchange. Um, who's uh, been trading and got themselves uh, a large loss and then they've dipped into the deposits now we did this before allegedly and deposit we've done this before we've seen this before and there's a reason we split deposit taking banks from what we call casino banking um, would you
1: put a fence in between them I if you know, had two fields for example one of them had sheep in it
4: there's a reason the there's a pigs. reason there's a reason we have morgan stand in jp morgan they were two brothers And they were split for a good reason, because it causes hemorrhaging on the the deposit taking if you allow a markets business to trade on those deposits. And what the AG have allegedly worked out is this is what they've been up to. Well,
0: okay. So let's take a giant step back here. The New York AG has alleged that $850 million-ish disappeared out of Bitfinex for reasons that they know very well, for other reasons that we'll get into in a second. And because Tether had a lot of money, they couldn't resist borrowing some of that money and writing a loan against it for three years at 6.5% interest, allegedly. All right, so let's back up. Why did the $850 million, $851 million go missing? Um, So apparently there was a company called Crypto Capital Corporation. Everybody's heard of that because naturally, right? Run by a, a gentleman named Reginald Fowler, who happened to be an investor in the Minnesota Vikings football team. There's an interesting one for you, as well as his wife, Ravid Youssef, somebody based in Israel. Um, apparently, they uh, were charged with money laundering or something like that, dealing with the mafia, I think, allegedly. Um, and all that money got tied up. Uh, that was where the $850 million went. So, yes, casino banking, definitely. This happened to be seized someplace else. So, Bitfinex has reassured the market that it's only being safe kept by the regulators New York AG alleges that the money won't come back because they're not satisfied with all this and has alleged uh, that Bitfinex borrowed taken from the pot of Tether, correct? So um, they've been sending these things back and forth. You defrauded investors, Martin Act, all that great stuff. Uh, you said Tether was backed one by one by dollar deposits. It happens to also be partially backed by a loan made on money that's been stolen, well, seized, not stolen, allegedly, right? Has it actually been seized? Well, according to the US, Polish, and Portuguese law enforcement, it
2: has. Okay. So that's not the alleged part? That part's well, not alleged. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Just go laughs> up, apply Maybe the all alleged knowledge, I have no idea. I don't oh, want to I mean, sue. So, 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 so Larry <laughs> Cernak, if you're looking to sue Rocky anyone. Say <laughs> what <we want>.
4: yeah. <laughs> but they get, the catch 22 here is um, as a company like Bifinex, um, who's grown, uh, I would. I agree with the man in terms of these eye-watering numbers, uh, for an unregulated or, or uh, an unregulated business or a business that is seeking now regulation. And there are two parts to this, which is of interest to me. Uh, one, uh, you're never beyond the reach of the U.S. jurisdiction. So if you're playing, Say that again. Say that again. you're never yeah. beyond the, the reach of the U.S. jurisdiction. What the OEG is doing here is saying if you are, uh, banking U.S. citizens or our currency, we will have overreach of you. And that is exactly what they are pushing here. The second thing is, is that as uh, the Bank of England's always pointed out, their overriding principle is stability. So you can create your own currency. If that currency at any point gets to a position where it starts to compete with sterling, then we're going to start looking at you. And I would say that these kind of figures, what's actually happening is the law enforcement agencies, the OEG that stepped forward first, might be others in the queue, and they may have kind of jumped uh, queue jumped here. But actually, what you're looking at here is someone who's got big enough to be interesting to the regulator, where actually, if you peel it back and you say, "Right, well, tether isn't something new, it is deposit taking, then actually you need a license to do that. And if you're doing it in dollars, you definitely need to go talk to the US government about it at this, this type of scale.
0: This is This is the state of New York's... Attorney General, right? Rather than the US government. In parallel, there's also investigations as far as far as I'm aware, from the Department of Justice, which is United States government, the federal government, as well as the CFTC, at least as
4: to which my first question was, I'd be interested, Colin, in your thoughts on why the OAG? Why have they why have they stepped forward first? Why didn't they wait and wait for the feds?
0: That's a good question. I
3: think it might have been a war of words. I think they just rubbed them up the wrong way. There was, you know, in the, in the weeks before, they released something and then Bitfinex released something. And then I think they were just like, I won't swear, but...
0: You can. <laughs> that's fine. We do Well, let, let's
3: have it out in public then. I think that might have been it.
0: Uh, New York's a special one that they, they launched the Bit License, right? So in theory, the AG should be responsible for enforcement of the bit License, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So what... Bitfinex said in 2018 was, right, we don't want to have anything to do with U.S. investors, much less New York state investors in any way, shape, or form. Um, The New York state AG has come out and said, well, okay, you may have tried to do that. However, we're pretty sure that you still have New York clients based in there, in whatever shape or form that is. Um, It also happens that one of the people that uh, was at least very high up in iFinex, Bitfinex, and Tether happened to be a New York state resident. That makes things complicated, allegedly. That makes things complicated, right? Um, What I'm shocked with is, so Bitfinex, the one we were joking about at the beginning of this this story, um, a pseudonymous blogger who talked a lot about fraud coming out of Bitfinex Exchange, as well as Tether, Tether being, being created out of thin air. At least until things got changed in March of this year, It sounded like they had all the money, and that's exactly why Bitfinex went there when they didn't have the money, allegedly. (laughs) This has
4: always been awkward. This has always been awkward because we've had this endless debate in the crypto space as to does Tether have the dollars they're good for? Are they actually fractionally banking or are they good for every Tether? And each time we check and every time we this, there's an awkward moment where we find out they're actually good for it. And this could be one of these where this looks very much like an awkward moment for Bitfinex. And then actually it will turn into another awkward moment for the regulator where an unlicensed, unregulated entity has actually been doing a good job without the regulator.
3: Yeah, it seems odd though because they something that happened quite quietly in March was that they updated their website to say that the collateral breakdown included cash equivalents, whatever that means, and third-party loans. So
0: I think that was a new part. That's the that was in loans. March. Cash
4: equivalents, I've got no problem with. And third-party bills, things like that, gilts—that's okay. But but and third-party loans, loans.
3: (laughs) and so that was it, right? But like they they, weren't—they didn't have to even have to be specific. And but that really did put into question what we'd heard in December from Bloomberg, which is that they did have that collateral. It was all fine. It just strikes me as surprising. Why update? Why update your page?
4: That's no different to the normal uh, operations of a commercial bank. Commercial bank's balance sheet is made up of cash, cash equivalents. And guess what? Third-party loans. But does, that mean, you have a does that mean you have a
3: dollar for every USDT? Does, well, is it, does it still work out then?
2: That, that's where ratios come in, right? So as a deposit-taking institution versus a lending one, you need to maintain certain cash reserves, and then everything else as it gets less and less cashy, and more and more promise
4: Much like my mortgage, which is <laughs> on a commercial bank's uh, balance sheet as a 3rd party loan. I am the 3rd party in that. So no problem with that.
0: I thought you were going to say a whole lot less cash.
4: I don't think I'm a large material part of that commercial balance. And <laughs>
0: <but. laughs>
1: something that
3: farm is. I've
0: but, but, seen your house. All <laughs> <or> the
4: sheep.
3: <laughs> it was still an update, though, to what they originally do. had, though, which was that every USDT was backed by a dollar.
4: Don't disagree that it's an update to their terms and conditions. And as their customers, as you hold a tether, you now feel like it's not a dollar. It's the dollar equivalent or somebody else's debt. But that's no different to... Free banking in in the states uh, back in the nineteen twenties.
1: Yeah, but you have the, the the central banks that are actually backing that. Not in free to, banking. To,
0: to not in free banking. Free
4: bank. So in free banking in the twenties, each of the state banks were able to issue their own dollars. That's why they, uh, the, the, the the dollars were all different colours and everything else. Different coins, you mean? And then they ran out, uh, uh, and some of the banks went bust. And that's when the Fed backed it. And you're absolutely right. But free banking's a Perfectly normal evolutionary process. The crypto world is going through that.
0: But I mean, clearly, like, uh, we can talk about whether this is good or bad, but you know, Honey Badger don't give a shit. Like, it's still worth about a dollar, right? It dropped temporarily, the price went down less than a dollar. It's worth more or less a dollar today, as we record this thing. If it's only seventy four percent backed as has been admitted, not even alleged, admitted by uh by their lawyers, shouldn't it trade at some kind of discount to a dollar? It depends what that other 25% is. A loan to Bitfinex. and Backed by seized bank accounts. Allegedly. The
4: market tells you. The market tells you that the, the market believes that it's trading at the 2% discount, which is what they believe the counterpart of risk Based is ten.
1: Well, it only matters if there's a huge Petalize. run on Tether that Tether and every single depositor wants to take out all of their USDT at or once and exchange it for dollars. More than seventy-four percent. Yeah, yeah, or more than more than seventy-four percent exactly. But if there's not and people are still willing to accept USDT for ninety-eight cents on the dollar, then ninety-nine point
0: nine 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 percent on the dollar.
3: That's what it's worth.
0: And that's what it's worth. Yeah. So has anybody been hurt in this? Honey badger. Uh, it doesn't give a shit, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, that's the thing. It's like good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, with the information we have, people are still willing to buy it for pretty much around a dollar.
4: I, I take you back to what's the strategy here. Like the, the, the Number off, go up. The Office, the office, <laughs> office of Attorney General does not, not, sta- of not put out a statement like that without having a good strategy in place as to what their outcome is. It's, it, This is not their outcome. This is no sort of killer blow to to Bitfinex or to Tether. This is a opening or running battle that we watch to see what comes next. But no one's got a, no one's actually dealt any kind of blow on either side as as far as I can see. Nobody's had
0: any dagger that they like catch in one hand and jab them in the stomach and they all shred. No, there's no
4: no. bolt to the neck of a dragon in this either. (laughs) It's
0: like
1: FUD off a duck's
0: back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, these animal analogies are amazing. <laughs> Stories we did not have time to cover as we were going through duck and sheep and pig and human analogies. The block crypto, thank you once again. WeChat bans cryptocurrency transactions in its payment channels. Poor, poor cryptocurrencies. <laughs> <laughs> the block crypto again. <laughs> Starbucks There's
3: partners definitely a bias this week.
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely.
3: <laughs> it might be to do with the guests on the show. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, this one, doubly. Uh, Starbucks partners up with Microsoft on new tech, including blockchain solutions for tracking coffee supply chains. Obviously, your ex-employer here. Yes. Your current employer. And Starbucks is the place you like to buy coffee. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <I'll laughs> Bombshell.
0: Coindesk.com. Boo. <laughs>
3: oh, we love Coindesk
0: as well. Alibaba's Ant Financial backs $10 million round for blockchain privacy startup. $10 million is quite small, right? for Alibaba and for crypto. No. Anyway,
4: interesting. I love the fact that 10 million is small.
0: Yeah, I was going to say not for me. Look, some of us operate in quadrillions around here. <laughs> now it's time for the tweet of the week. Tweet tweet. Tweet tweet. It's the tweet of the week. The tweet of the week. This week's tweet of the week comes from our friend, friend of the show, Vlad Zamfir. And it says, there are good economic, legal, and political arguments for and against calling Ether, the native currency of Ethereum, money the balance comes out strongly against at me fight me all right everyone at him fight him let's go <laughs> what do you think i
1: think he means physically fight him
0: have you seen him yeah i mean you could take him easily
1: i don't fight
4: <laughs> i think mean, this is this is relatively simple you know he hasn't with prefixed words. he hasn't prefixed uh money with any type of thing so i'm allowed to define find money as as i as i wish to and i think just as the coins in my pocket you know are just for the benefit Pretty of useless of the listeners bits of at metal. Home, but in fact, if Richard I put it on the table of eggs or eggs, Colin will take it because it's worth something to That's him. That's sterling, I
0: don't need any of that. And, he
4: like and, and he'll pick it up. But the point here is, is that if, if your argument's true, Vlad, then send me your ETH. It's clearly worth nothing to you. It's not a money, it's not valuable, it's not an exchange. So it's no worth to you. So how about you send it across? Right. Well,
1: just because it's not money, it doesn't mean that it's not worth anything to him. We've spoken before on the show about whether. Uh, Bitcoin as a commodity, I think, when the CFTC announced the uh, futures. I think I made the argument actually, Ether was a, better, term, a def- better definition for a commodity than um, than Bitcoin was. So, it kind of back to that point, God knows how long that ago that was, it still might be worth something. Just because you can't pay for something with a lump of gold, it doesn't mean it's not worth anything. So, gold, I don't think he's offering to send you his Ether. Gold, I think gold, okay, gold, so. gold's, a,
4: gold's a commodity. It's also a store of value, it is a money supply. Okay, your car. Is that money? If it's worth something to me, and I'm someone else is prepared to take it for me in exchange for goods or services, it's an exchange. So the yeah, entire money, barter though.
0: economy is the movement of money.
4: Sorry, say that again.
0: A barter economy, everything is money.
4: So uh, if you are transferring, if you're transferring it, but yeah, if you want to use bartering, which is just a change of, of one goods and service for another goods and services, or one money to another. You money. haven't really got a money supply in there. <laughs> But if, you, but if you, if you're if you going through a third party token or third thing, a token of some sort, then it's money. And we get into this lovely philosophical argument, but actually, it's just what we think it's worth. So it doesn't matter if they're metallic coins in your pockets, a number on the Monzo screen that says, I promise to pay you that. Or Monzo
0: promises to pay you that.
4: Monzo promised to pay you that. Actually, those are that's all money. Mm.
0: Is money special? Like, is money something different than everything else that has a value? Like... If I took Sarah's computer, that's worth something, right? Well, yeah, definitely, including all Especially the ether,
1: the, the content on it. Yeah, and my well, private yeah. keys, PTK wallet.
2: It's mainly it's one of the apples with the funny keyboard, so it mightn't do it very much. <laughs> sure.
1: Um, uh, well, it's worth more to me than probably it is to you because I know my password. Um, but point, point of that being that, oh, I mean, money is effectively a, it's a unit of account, isn't it? It's some kind of benchmark to exchange something for others, because you need to exchange something in time and space. And if you don't have the thing that I need now, at the same time as I have the thing that you need now, then we're going to have to come up with something in the middle that will give it some kind of value that we all agree
0: to. So here's a question for you. If Ether is widely considered as money, like not is it money, but Full stop. Is, is it widely considered by anybody as money? Is that a ne- negative or positive for Ethereum as a platform? Does it matter?
4: It, it's, uh, already, it's already. Uh, it's already defined as a money uh, or a money supply because people are using it well, you think on a daily basis. Money, but <laughs> uses uses, uses They're a They're worth a lot to him. Uses, uses a purpose a for, for for exchanging uh, back and forth, and, and you know, that's one of the key ingredients of the innovation that we've seen over the last decade. That that we saw that it isn't just about creating a shared database. Which, or shared ledger to Bitcoin, it's actually the store of value and that exchange of value back and forward. What we then use that store of value for has been exciting and, and interesting as we, as we flood the market with liquidity, as we move offshore uh, Chinese wealth or whether we use it for uh, illegal activities in Silk Road, you keep going through this list. Actually... Yeah, it's wrong to sit there and say it's not a money supply. It is. It's being used as one. The question is, what are you going to use it for next?
1: So um, my interpretation of this tweet would be probably not the store of value of the three functions of money, but a unit of account and a medium of transfer. And to me, that's what Vlad's saying here. Admittedly, he's not saying it to me. He said it on Twitter, which I saw at the time, but um, not a personal message. But I think what he's saying, or another way of saying it, Perhaps just my interpretation is that it's not the price that matters; it's the medium, the payment rails, and the way that you can actually transfer value to someone within an, in, an endogenous way within the system to one person
4: it, from another. It, it, so, when he starts talking about it, being uh, calling it uh, to use the terms in his his tweet, um, is it a good money supply? Clearly not. It is uh, acting as an exchange. You're saying good s- arguments, not a good good arguments thing. for calling it ether money Balancing it is strongly against. So the point there is, is that although it's being used as an exchange uh, value right now and a store of value, um, actually, it's not really being used as a unit of account. And finally... Gas. and
0: Which is denominated a different mechanism.
4: Fi- fi- finally, actually, Same. it they're, is deflationary. They're very it's, related. It's deflationary. So as we all know, when you look at this, most of our money supplies that we use... Today are all inflationary, and there are good economic reasons why that FIFA is a good idea. Have a cap. So put a cap on the money supply. That makes it actually quite difficult to use it in the long term. So
1: Bitcoin has a cap.
4: You all have a cap.
0: I, th- I think what's worth pointing out is like everybody cites what we've been saying about you know unit of account, like um, medium of exchange, store value from William Stanley Jevons, in the nineteenth century economist. What they often forget is that he also said the fourth thing is a standard deferred payment does anybody use Ether as a standard of deferred payment? I.e., do does anybody promise I'm going to give you Ether in a year? Is that a regular thing?
3: Probably
1: in some exchange somewhere. Well, you could you could use the smart contract to actually create that.
0: You could that do a thing, lot yeah. of things. I could do the same thing with sheep for man here. But does that, do I, we do I, that on a regular I'm, basis? I'm not the sheep yeah, guy, Yeah, sheep just to wouldn't clear. do
1: it autonomously. <laughs> You'd have to get the sheepdog, the regulator...
0: Deferred payment. And this is this is Defer- if we read this is if we read down what Vlad's saying, he goes into, are we denominating deferred debt in ether?
4: Yeah, there's a fair number of people being paid salaried in ETH, and that is deferred payment.
0: Denominated in?
4: They'll be denominated in ETH, I suspect. If they're being paid in it, then I mean, they've been I, denominated If, if you, in you it.
0: transfer cryptocurrencies and you say, I'm gonna pay you in ETH or Bitcoin. Generally, people would say, "I'm going to give you five dollars or five pounds,
2: in ether or Bitcoin, right?" Well, USDT, yeah, that, USDT. I think I think that's just a detail, right? So, if if you're willing to accept ETH or, yeah, yeah, it is. If you're willing to accept Bitcoin or ETH or, God forbid, some other cryptocurrency, as your uh, means of receiving payment, Ripplecoin, yeah. xrp XRP. all the way all right um god could you could you convert it quick enough back into some value but anyway you would seconds
4: i'm getting
2: liquidity on that so i i I think the thing is that if you're willing to accept it as that that's okay like how many people make foreign exchange like i'd like 20 pounds worth of euro you don't think about it in terms of euro you think about in terms of your home. Pounds?
4: You think of it in or, terms
2: of your home currency. You think of it your home currency, and, and the same thing here. So if I'm going to pay someone the equivalent of five hundred pounds in ETH, and that person is willing to keep it and store it as ETH, that's fine, right? Um, I think the, the question becomes, what or how would that be used in the future? And more importantly, given that these cryptocurrencies have been around for a while, how are medium or long term usages of this currency being employed? Mm-hmm over and above that I don't think we've seen too much work on that like we've seen a lot of exchanges talk about exchange points we've seen people transfer money amongst themselves but I don't think we've seen any sort of study on the longevity of someone holding on to something (coughs) and transferring it out
1: what can you buy with it what can you do with it can you run your business just on ether or bitcoin is that what you're saying
2: yeah, to, to a degree, right? Outside of the cryptocurrency ecosystem, it'll yeah. probably become very hard. But I'm, I'm, I always remember a friend of mine, when he started working uh, with Bitcoin, he was working in Switzerland, and he would pay his uh, for his coffee in Bitcoin. And he said, if the coffee shop kept hold of all those Bitcoins, at that time, each coffee would have now be worth $300. Nice.
1: Right?
2: At that time, he was only paying in... One one at it if he
0: had spent Swiss franc instead of that, those Bitcoin would have been, each one of those yeah. copies he bought would now be worth $300. Anyway. Yeah. Just to remind you all, this podcast is made possible by 11FS, their challenger consultancy working to shape the next generation of financial services. 11FS also tre- create truly digital propositions, working with banks, big techs, and all kinds of companies who want to get the most out of where finance meets customers, and also blockchain and crypto. Want to hear more Blockchain Insider every single Thursday? Well, subscribe the button is just right there. Hit it. Just bang that button right there. And if you've already subscribed, unlike Petrit, who doesn't even listen to this show, why don't you throw us a review? We understand you might not want to give us a five-star review because, Pet, you've got to write better notes here because of me, obviously. <laughs> but give us a re- review nonetheless. Okay, where can people find out more about? Sarah, go.
1: You can find me on the Twitter at Seronimo or you can also find Climatics, which is who I work for, on the Twitters at Climatics, or you can go to github.com forward slash Climatics.
0: And your PTK address.
1: <laughs> <laughs> private key. <laughs> yeah, private key.
0: Uh, I'm on out in the field looking for sheep. Where else can people find out about you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at A. Coley. Uh, I speak for myself clearly there, uh, but in a more professional way. Uh, you can find out more about DXC at dxc.technology on the internet and uh LinkedIn's a good way to get hold of me as well. Armin Coley. Very few of us there. And uh happy to get in touch.
0: Isabel?
3: You can also find me on the Twitter at I underscore Woodford or every day on the block crypto.com.
0: Which we can also find on the Twitter.
3: Which
4: you can also find on the Twitter, yes.
0: And Mr. Rick Cook. Uh
4: you can find me helping um banks uh, solving their crypto and digital asset problems uh, at Rick Crook on Twitter or on our website, lab577.io.
0: And you can find uh, find me, of course, also on the Twitter, like everybody else here at Colin G. Platt. A big thanks to the amazing production team here at 11FS. Also, big thanks to Petrit, Laura Watkins, and Alex Woodhouse, our editor, as well as Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. We will have more Blockchain Insider next Thursday. Of course, come back and listen to more. And June 11th, we're going to do a live show. Yay! So if you're in London, check that out. Uh, hit up Petrit. Uh, Petrit, where can people find out more about you? Me? Yes.
1: Was that sports ball Twitter Pet thing?
0: At Pet, Pet at, 11FS. at 11FS.com. You can Give find out, out more about Petrit. If internet. you're not following Petrit, he talks a lot about sports ball. Um, sports ball Twitters. Sports ball Twitter. And and actually, 11FS has a team doing sports ball, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, they do. <laughs> 11 sports balls yes. on twitter okay perfect don't excellent don't follow that one but follow pet 11fs awesome thank you very much